0: This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 311, and the quote of the day is from Vince Lombardi who said, perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I hope everybody's doing well, and I hope you had an awesome weekend. And speaking of awesome, Casio Music is now offering 25% off any order over $149 for Drummer's Resource Podcast listeners. They were doing 20. They sent me an email, said, hey, Nick, we want to pump it up to 25%. All you have to do is go to Casio Music, C-A-S-C-I-O, music.com. Use the promo code POD25, that's P-O-D-2-5. Save yourself 25% over any order, on any order over $149. They've been in business for over 70 years, guys. They know what they're doing. They're going to get the right instrument in your hands at the right price, and now it's going to be even cheaper. Save yourself that 25%. Head over to casiomusic.com, C-A-S-C-I-O, music.com. Use the promo code pod 25. POD25. Check it out. Now, I want to get right into this conversation with Christian Kirksey. He is the starting linebacker for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, why do I have the starting linebacker from the Cleveland Browns on the Drummer's Resource podcast? Two reasons. One, he is a drummer and he's been a drummer since he was a kid. He played in church bands and was he worked his way up through the church band. He talks about all of that in this conversation. Two, I think I know I should say that there are a lot of parallels between being an athlete and being a musician and trying to achieve that greatness and trying to perform at the highest level. So he breaks that down. He talks a lot about discipline. He talks a lot about his the dedication that he's had, the things that he's sort of had to sacrifice to make it to the NFL. And I don't think there's any difference in what you need to do to really excel at anything so if you're trying to do this for drums or, or you can use this advice for anything else so i thought it would be great to have a conversation with him because i think it's really practical advice for drumming life everything so really pumped to have him on the podcast quickly if you want to sign up for the mailing list and get the monday Nick's mix email and the that's a rap email on friday Just head over to drummersresource.com. You can sign up. It's free, obviously. But you'll also get a copy of my ebook, Stick Control Variations. It's 11 creative exercises. Helps you with your speed, your independence, your chops, all that good stuff. And of course, it's 100% free. So you can do that at drummersresource.com. And without further ado, let's get into it with the one and only Christian Kirksey. Christian, what's happening, man? I appreciate you doing this. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to, uh, you know, get to talk about some music. I like it. Like I, I was telling you all fair, i never had a uh, I've never had a professional athlete on here. And I got to I got to imagine there's a ton of parallels that run the same between being a professional musician and being a professional athlete. And I, that's what I, I'm really interested in talking about that with you. Um, but let's let's start with the beginning of. So you're obviously you're a professional football player. But you're yeah. also a drummer, so let's talk about the drumming. Like, how did you how did you get into drumming? Have you been playing your whole life?
1: What's the story? So the story behind me drumming uh, for you know a lot of people who don't know that my dad you know he pastored his own church, and uh, you know I remember when I was seven years old uh, we had a guy that you know was the main drummer for for our church, and I used to always just sit behind uh, the drum set you know while he was playing and I'd just be like you know mimicking everything that he was doing. And, you know, I just fell in love with the sound, fell in love with how, you know, it moved people. And that's when, you know, I told my mom and I told my dad, I was like, you know, what, I want to I want to get on the drums. So like after church, I'll play around and, uh, you know, I just be I get a set of rulers or, you know, a set of sticks and just be beating around just uh, random stuff. And then just like finding that rhythm. And then, you know, it easily transferred into uh, the drum set. And, you know, my brother, he played the guitar as well. So like, man, I'm going to just be jamming or whatever. And he'll be on the guitar during the service. And I was uh, too young to play. So I was, was going to say, how old were you at the time? So at the time I may have been six years old. Oh, nice. And um, at the time, I was just like, man, you know, what? I, I really wanted to uh, start playing the drums. And then I started actually playing when I was seven. And then that's when my dad, uh, he finally let me play like a little segment in church and I was pretty good at it. I mean, I had my few uh, mess ups or whatever, but it was kind of like when you're we, all, I, we all have them still. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because like when you're little and like say you, you mess up on the drums or something like that, but you're you still grooving. Everyone looks at you like, oh, look at the little kid playing the drums. And it was kind of like one of those vibes until then it, it, it easily translated to me you know, actually becoming the drummer at my church because I, I just kept practicing and practicing to end up being good at it. And uh that's when I really just start falling in love with the drums and, and whatnot. So me and my brother we'd just stay after church, you know, while my dad was working in the office and we'd just start jamming out. And uh, you know, my brother he taught himself how to read music and, you know, he fell in love with the guitar. So he played the acoustic, uh the lead and the bass. And know uh, he actually write his own music too. So like we'd just be sitting there and just like, you know, playing around and you know actually making good music and it was sounding pretty good so then you know we was the main musicians for our church uh years after that really
0: so did you so were you just um i mean were you playing it all outside of the church or you just playing gospel or what were you playing all kinds of stuff
1: so i was just playing gospel uh you know i always you know to this day would choose to play gospel music uh because you know it just gives you that chance that feel to just go ahead and just jam out Uh, i don't know like you know like I, I feel like, you know, if you've been to church, you'll understand like a, a church drummer, you know, it's 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 pretty cool. Uh, it's a lot of songs that you can really just like, you know, just go crazy to and uh really enjoy, you know, playing for uh the church and, you know, playing the gospel music. You know, if one of my favorite songs is uh Rain on Me by John P. Key, his his uh his drummer was was going crazy in that song and that drum solo. So uh, you know, I just get a kick out of playing the gospel music. Are
0: you familiar with, uh, with, um, Calvin Rogers?
1: Yes, I'm familiar with Calvin Rogers.
0: Yeah, 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 he, I've had, he's, he's a, a buddy. I, I'll call him a buddy. We're not, I, I'm not going to say we're friends, but we're, we're friendly. But I had him on the podcast right. a few times. Um, and just like, first of all, he's an amazing drummer, but he's an amazing guy too. He's just like, he is the guy he, he, he talks the talk and walks the walk, man. And he's like, and I, I was, I, I had to hip you to him if you weren't, but, uh, if you, if you didn't already know about him, but yeah, i calvin rogers is uh is the real deal in every aspect oh for sure so you're playing through uh you're playing in in church and how old were you when you were when you became the full-time drummer in the
1: band uh like i said i started when i was seven so probably years after that you know probably i probably started being a full-time player like you know when i was like nine years old (laughs) and you know my my church wasn't uh wasn't like the biggest church. It was. It was more like you know everyone knew each other in the church. Uh, you know everyone was was it was pretty much family that, that was at the church. So it was a smaller church. So it was kind of like I didn't have too much nerves playing, or you know it was just all you know a family atmosphere and just got like guys just you know on the instruments, you know enjoying the moment, uh, you know uh, praising God, things of that matter. And it was kind of like one of those things. I was just nine years old and I was just pretty good at it, and uh, you know I just stuck uh, stuck with it. What? How old were you when you started playing football? I started playing football when I was seven as well. I, I, at that age, I kind of started to fall in love and you know really like appreciate what I was doing. So like you know uh, my favorite football player growing up was uh, Brian Dawkins and Emmitt Smith. Uh, you know I played both sides of the ball growing up, so I always wanted to run the ball like Emmitt Smith, and I always wanted to be you know flying around like uh, Brian Dawkins. Uh, Yes, yeah, so, hey, I'm
0: I'm, I got let's just let's I'm just going to put it out there now. I'm an Eagles fan. Just so just so okay, okay. just so, you know, I'm like, I feel like I feel like I should let you know that I'm slowly becoming a Browns fan now through this conversation. Yeah, you
1: know, <laughs> i would convert you uh, sooner or later to, you know, becoming a part of the dog crown. <laughs> so, but uh, so, yeah, I, I just always, you know, watched, you know, Brian Dawkins and uh, watched Emmitt Smith. And uh, that's when I just, you know, picked up a football and started playing catch with my, with my older brothers and my, uh, my nephew. Uh, he, he played football, he was my older brother. So, like, I always wanted to, uh, you know, kind of pick up on the game uh, like they did. So I uh, picked up the football, I fell in love with that. And at the same time, on the music tip, it was just something that was uh, my ears was drawn to. And that was a drum set. So I think that at that age, of seven, that's when I started to really, you know, pick up on the things that I like to do. And uh, you know, I just never turned back since. Uh, obviously, I'm a professional football player, so I'm still, you know, uh, hanging around the sport that I love. And I'm trying to get back to getting to drumming. I was kind of, uh, you know, probably the last time I really got on a drum set and actually I like rocked, rocked out was years, years ago. But I'm about to buy me a drum set and you know, pick it back up. Nice,
0: nice. So, what was there ever? A point in your, in, I don't want to say your career, your life where you were like, I'm either going to play sports or I'm going to follow music. Were, I mean, were you ever thinking maybe I'll be a professional musician?
1: Yeah, uh, I thought about that. Um But I always had to drive it, you know, be a, a professional athlete. Uh, I then you, you realize like how much
0: money professional musicians make too. And then you're like, mm, the NFL seems a little bit better.
1: Yeah, that's really, <laughs> that's really helps. <laughs> that really helps. But I mean, I was, you know, like I said, I, I fell in love with football and i I believe that, you know, uh, as a kid, you probably do more with football as far as like with your friends and, you know, just going outside, and you know, playing catch and things like that. Playing pickup uh, football is different than, you know, being a musician. You know, everybody's not a musician. So as a kid, you don't really have as much fun, you know, with your friends talking about music than you do football. So uh, I could definitely say that football was like, you know, I was super driven from, uh, for that. But then the drums, were just something different. You know, that I can just be away from everybody and be at, you know, my own place and just, you know, have fun and, you know, really uh, fall in love with music. But my brother used to always joke around with me, the, the one that played the guitar. And my, my other brother also sings, too, as well. Uh, but he used to always joke around with me and uh, say, like, you know, if football don't work, man, you know, you always can be my drummer in my band. <laughs> uh, I'll would, I would tell him, I'm like, man, you know what? I can do both. You know, uh, on Sundays I can play Uh, on the football field and then you know any time of the week you know i could just come and get my gig going with the drums so we always sit there and jump around and then my middle my middle brother uh he's into like comic books but he sings as well you know we was always saying well y'all too can sing and then i just you know take care of uh, the drums and my other brother take care uh the guitar so uh I, i in the back of my head i thought about you know like man we could be the brother is just like you know like the Jackson Five or something like that. Right. And uh, you know I can kind of play both roles, uh, the drummer and the athlete. So uh, I, I can't say that it did cross my mind, even though at first it was in a joking manner. But then I thought about it seriously. It was like you know well, we can have something going. Hey man,
0: there's definitely you know there's a lot of life after football too. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. And I and for me, it's just like you know after football, who knows? You know maybe I can you know play the drums and somebody can hear it and you know it makes me. Uh, you know, have more on my plate, like, hey, it's a Cleveland Browns linebacker, you know, he used to play, he used to play ball, now he's the drummer of, you know. Bernie salsa. Williams did it. Yeah, so I think that would be uh, pretty cool.
0: Yeah, Bernie Williams is a, he's a guitar player, he's, I mean, he played, you know, obviously played for the Yankees for years, and then now he's, I mean, I think he's always been a guitar player, but now he, like, goes out in gigs, you know, and it doesn't matter, he's like, I don't need the money, so I can play whatever gigs I want, and do whatever tours I want, or, you know, yeah. it's cool. How old were you when you kind of realized that you had a shot where you were like, you know what, I, I, I may be, able, cause like, I mean, when I was 12 years old, I was like, I'm going to play professional baseball and you know, everyone, everyone thinks that, but then, you know, then reality sets in, in for most of us. Uh, and we realize that we're not meant to be professional athletes, but for you, I'm sure that you had that dream and that desire, but then it started to slowly become a reality. Like, man, I may have a shot at this.
1: So like, you know, when I first uh, fell in love with the game and actually went out there. I had I had to play with the older kids. Uh, I, when I was seven, I played with the nine-year-olds. And my older brother, uh, who's uh, two years older than me, the one I said is my middle brother. He uh, he played football as well. So me and him went out there and we just had fun and played around. And I, I felt like I was having more fun than him. And he was more like, you know, where football is not for me, I'm gonna go ahead and take that back seat. Uh, And uh, at that point, you know, I was like, you know what, man? I'm seven years old. I'm hanging out with the nine year olds, and I'm actually being, you know, a good player. Um, I think I can, you know, uh, go some far with this. So like, I used to always just sit in front of the TV and, you know, watch uh, football games. Or we had some some guy on my uh, my football team, my little league football team. His dad did like video production, and he had did like a highlight tape of uh, our team. So I sit there and I just watch uh, our highlight tape. And like me making plays, uh, you know, me flying around, scoring touchdowns, things like that. I I would watch it like I'm doing film study, like <laughs> as right. a, as a little kid. And uh, I one day I had told my mom I was like, you know what? I said one day I'm gonna get in the NFL and I'm gonna take care of the family. And I told her that when I was little, and she she always like uh, told me, you know, throughout. Uh, the process of my career is like, you remember that you told me when you we was younger that you was going to make it into the NFL where now you have a chance to do it and you can do whatever you put your mind to and you can live out your dreams. So I'm like, you know what? If I love the game of football, then I'm going to go continue and do this. So I went to high school and my freshman year, I was, you know, pretty much uh, a dominant player to where my, my coach is like, you know what? We're going to try to varsity the next year. And then I ended up switching schools and going to a, a different school to where I couldn't play varsity at the time because it, it was uh, against the rules uh, when uh, switching schools. So I sat out a year just playing JV, then went to play varsity, and I was I was pretty good at it. And I was actually fortunate enough to uh, be coached by Mike Jones. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows who Mike Jones is, but he played linebacker for 14 years with the Rams, and uh, he made the game-winning tackle in the Super Bowl when the Rams played the Titans. Uh. So. When he told me, he was like, you know what, I see a lot in you. I see a lot of myself, and I feel like that you really can have a chance to go to college and play ball. And uh, when he told me that, I really started to take it even more seriously. And um, I had my first offer uh, from Iowa. Then after Iowa, I got offered from Minnesota. And then from Minnesota, I got offered by Wisconsin. So when I start start seeing those letters, I'm thinking to myself, like, like if, if I can go to college and get an education, and based off of you know me getting the scholarship playing football, then I think that I can try to you know go even further and go to the NFL. So when I got my full scholarship to Iowa, I played as a true freshman. Uh, I ended up starting my sophomore year, and you know I I was just that guy where you know plays came my way. I like to say like you know I was favored by guy like you know just my whole process, but. Uh, you know, I, I was just pretty good at it. So then I'm thinking to myself, like, like, you know, if God could bring me this far to go from, you know, playing good in high school and, you know, uh, getting a scholarship to go to school, then I, I could have a pretty, pretty good chance of, of going to the NFL. So my college career went by well and my, my coaches were like, you know what, like you read this, this ex linebacker, uh, you, you, you're projected to go this, this way in, uh, in the draft. So then I end up getting drafted third round and I thought that I was going to go like fourth, fifth or, you know, possibly free agent. So when I got drafted, I'm like, all right, all these coaches think that I'm in the top 100 in the NFL or in the draft class. And, you know, they went and took that chance with me uh, uh, with Cleveland. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I've been thinking about this and I've been working for this goal since I was little. And I just really just stuck to it. So to answer your question, like it kind of I kind of knew that I was going to, you know, not well, not necessarily. No, but I, I had a. Uh, I figured that I had a chance to, you know, go to the NFL when I was little. And when I when it, when I started playing football at seven with all the nine year olds, I was thinking to myself like, I could be this player. I could be that Brian Dawkins in the league. So just to refer that to your to your question, um, I think that when I was seven years old, that's when it clicked in my head.
0: It's <laughs> well, amazing, man, and like I can't even imagine like what goes through your head when you wake up like the day after you get drafted and you're like, I play I play in the NFL.
1: So, you know, I mean, you know, I, I didn't do like the big party or, you know, the the draft watch. I didn't do none of that. I would just my buddy, my
0: uh, a, a very good friend of mine is a is a sports agent. His name's Chris Cabot. I don't know if you if you know that name or not. But um, yeah. he works with Lee Steinberg um, and he he does. The, he does those watch parties all the time. And I was going to ask you if you had one of those.
1: Yeah. So like for me. Like I said, I thought I was going to go like, you know, in the later round. So I was just like, man, it's no sense of having a jazz party, watch party. Like, I'm not that type of guy. I just really, you know, uh, if I wasn't going first round, going to New York, I wasn't trying to have the cameras on me like that. That's kind of how I was. Right. But uh, uh, I just I was just with all my sisters and my brothers and my mom. And I was with. Uh, and, you know, some of my friends came up from Iowa because Iowa was only like four hours from uh, St. Louis. So all my friends came up and we, you know, we were just sitting there chilling. And uh, actually before the draft even came on, I was at the mall with one of my best friends just buying some shoes just to get my mind off of it. And then I, as I walked in the door, uh, I saw that my friend CJ Fedoritz from Iowa, he got drafted. And that's when I was like, man, like, that's crazy. So I'm sitting there trying to congratulate CJ through a text and shortly after that, my mom phone rings because I gave uh, all the coaches my mom's number because I figured that my phone would be extremely busy and I didn't want anybody to accidentally call me during the draft process and get my hopes up. <laughs> so I gave my mom's number and, you know, shortly after CJ got drafted, my, my mom's uh, phone started ringing and be mindful, one of my best friends is from uh, Lorraine. So like uh, I can recognize a Cleveland or Ohio area code. So, uh I looked at the area card, I'm like, okay, it must be my friend's mom calling my mother just because, you know, they're their parents, they're excited about the draft.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So I pick up the phone expecting to hear a lady's voice, and I hear I hear uh I hear um, the uh, general manager's voice, and I'm just sitting there just like, hold on, this is not a woman speaking. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh long story short, they they tell me, you know, this is so-and-so, so-and-so from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, uh, I hope you're looking at the draft. Um, do you want to, you know, come to Cleveland, this and that? And then, you know, just sit there and watch the TV. We're going to call your name and things like that. So I go through that whole process. And from getting my name called to me just yelling and, and you know, celebrating my family, it's, it's, it takes away from, like, like a memory to me because I'm so excited to where, like, that night is a blur because, yeah. like, you, you, it just, you're just so amazed and you're just so, so struck about about, you know, getting drafted that it's it's impossible to take it all in at night. So then the next morning when you wake up, you just like, oh, my God, like what happened last night? Like was I dreaming type thing? And uh, that that whole feeling is just just crazy, man. And I like every time I look at the draft, I always look and uh, look at the other guy's expressions and like, Tell like the younger guys that I know that's entering the draft process to really cherish that moment because it's it's a moment that you you know you you always remember forever and you can share with like your loved ones you know when you get older and
0: it's life changing.
1: Yeah, it's definitely life
0: absolutely one hundred percent life changing. I would imagine, right? I'm saying I'm saying this like I've been through the draft, but I would imagine (laughs) that it that it would
1: be. Yeah, it's 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 definitely life changing. Uh, you know, because at the age you're getting drafted, you're you're what twenty one, twenty two years old. You know, you're a young man. And then you don't understand that, like you know, like what real money looks like. You know, you don't understand, like you know, what what big scene that you're about to be on. And you know, you don't understand that it, it, it didn't only change your life; it changed your your, your family's life as well. So, uh, man, it's, it's just uh, it's unreal at the time, and it'll take you a couple of days to really sit and come to grips with yourself, like uh, exactly what happened.
0: Right? How many how many cousins do you have that came out of the woodwork after you got signed?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, you'd be surprised, man. It's, it's, sure. it's, it's, it was some people that, you know, like, hey, man, can't Folk. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've been doing this since she was this year's old and all this stuff, man. But it's it's, it's pretty cool. Like, I actually had a uh, a pretty a pretty easy route with it. Like, you know, because I, I know, you know, a lot of people in St. Louis. And, uh, you know, my family is pretty big. So, um, it was nothing but love my way.
0: Yeah, right? yeah that's good. <laughs> I went to, uh, do you know Rip Hamilton? Yeah. For Detroit. I went to high school with uh-huh. him. And
1: okay, uh, they used to be my uh, be my squad. Them in the uh, 76ers.
0: Oh, I, I'm loving that. You like all these. You like Brian Dawkins. You like the Sixers. I'm yeah. liking this. I'm a Philly guy, so that's uh, and I mean I like Detroit too. When you know, because Rip was there, but I, you know, he he got signed, went to the NBA, and everyone was like, oh yeah, Rip's my best friend. I'm like, I, you didn't even you didn't even know who he was in high school. <laughs> You're right, <laughs> You know, and then everybody you hear, like I'll overhear people talking. They're like, oh yeah, I'm best friends with Rip Hamilton. Or like, I'm really good friends with him. And I'm like, I just say I went to high school with him. I'm not friends with him, but yeah, uh, it's just funny that, you know. Nah,
1: that's, that's, that's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was great because he was, so we're getting really far off of drumming, but uh, Kobe Bryant was number one in the country. Rip Hamilton was number two in the country. And they used to play each other in high school because Kobe went to Lower Marion. And... Uh, and Rip went to Coatesville, and they're both in the in the P.I.A.A. Uh, yeah. basketball. So they used to play each other in high school, and Kobe would just whoop up on us every every single time. It was like, it it was like he looked like Kobe Bryant then. You know what I mean? Right. High school, amazing.
1: <laughs> I, I can imagine that. <laughs> This session is brought to you by
0: my friends at Musicians Institute. And if you want to take your music career to the next level, MI is the place to do it. Located in the heart of Hollywood, California. They've been there since the 70s. And you can learn anything you need to learn about the music business, about performance, about production. All of that stuff is taught at MI right there in the heart of Hollywood, California. You can learn more about MI, their great programs by going to mi.edu. Thanks to the new 56 calf Tone from Evans, you can revisit the golden era of drumming. They're made in New York from advanced synthetic materials and fitted with Adario's Level 360 technology. These calf Tone deliver warm, familiar sound you love with the quality and consistency a modern drummer demands. You can learn more about the 56 calf Tone and all of Evans' products by going to evansdrumheads.com. Now let's get back into it with Christian Kirksey. I want to talk about sort of the parallels. I'm, I'm really fascinated by work ethic and developing skill. You didn't, like, I, I I feel like I get offended, and I would imagine that you would get offended too if people say, oh, you're you're so talented. You're like, no, that's, this is skill. I worked at this. I worked day in and day out. I worked extremely hard to get to this position. And especially for you as an athlete, you could, I mean, you know, there's the competition to be in the NFL is so tight versus being a professional musician there can there can be hundreds of thousands of of people playing drums in professional bands but there can't be hundreds of thousands of linebackers in the NFL you know what I mean and you like even the studs who were in high school are not good enough to make it in the NFL so so that level of dedication that level of work ethic uh, I want to talk about that sort of like what that work ethic looks like and how you develop that, because I think that translates into anything. I think it translates into being a better musician, being a better person, you know, if you want to lose weight, whatever it is. Um, so could you talk kind of like your approach to, to discipline?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say like it's, it's just all like this. I mean, you got to have some type of, you know, some type of a talented uh, God given gifts, you know, to. Uh, to, to play the game, but uh, definitely work ethic, you know, plays a big part. And, you know, um, as a kid, you know, football comes with a lot of sacrifices cause, because, like, you know, during a school a school day, you know, after school, you can't just go home and just, you know, chill, hang out with your friends. You know, you decide to go and practice and go go to practice or whatever. And we used to practice three three times a week. Uh, it was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, during Little League. So, like, you had to give up that time. And then, you know, as, as you got older, uh, went, went to high school, you, you got to give up your whole summer, you know. Uh, where everybody going to these summer vacations and things like that, you got to realize that now you're in high school and now you're taking it more seriously. So now you got to give up your summer and be dedicated to football. So it definitely takes some sacrifices uh, when you're playing the game and uh, take some discipline uh, in that matter. And then, you know, just taking care of your body. Like, you can't always eat everything, that everyone else eats, no matter if it looks uh, magically delicious, <laughs> you still have to like, you still have to like discipline yourself to understand that, you know, you gotta watch what you uh, have uh, you know, putting in your body. So as a as a young man growing up, you know, maybe you're, you know, sacrifice going to McDonald's to, you know, at the time, uh, going just to, you know, make you a sandwich or something like that. Instead of you know going to you know get some hamburgers and French fries things, I like think you got to you got to sacrifice that uh, at this at this point of my career and you know at a younger age. And then you know you just gotta you know be in a tip top shape uh, that you want to be in because it's millions of, of guys out there you know trying to uh, do the same thing that you're doing, and it's only a certain amount of uh, schools out there that's offering full ride scholarships, and only a certain amount of teams that uh, you can play for in NFL. So you definitely got to be in a, the uh, the best shape. Uh, possible to win and then you got to do it from a psychological standpoint of how you study the game, how you look at film, you know, how you uh, do things that matter and and that that more so takes place in college and uh, in college and pro as opposed to, you know, uh, high school but uh, just talking from like the college standpoint, you know, you got to balance going to class, you got to balance, you know, uh, waking up in the morning at 6 a.m. workouts and then not being tired for class and things like that. So you kind of got to fix your mind and kind of train your mind to understand that, you know, you got to think differently than, like, the average Joe. You know, you, you can't, like, stay up all night partying and things like that thinking that everything's going to be sweet because, you know, you got extra uh, things on your plate like, you know, weightlifting class, ECT. So, uh, I mean, ETC, so you got, you got a bunch of things that, you know, you got to deal with in an ordinary person, and it takes a lot of discipline. Uh, when, when you're in college, and you know it's a it's a Friday night, and you're thinking to yourself like, man, like Friday night is the best time that you know college students go out. You know, class just let out, the weekend just began. A lot of things is like you know happening in the city. A lot of things happening on campus. Are so you like, man, let's let's go out, man, let's go to town, let's have a good time. You know, uh, we had a long week of class. But then you got to realize that you can't do that because you got to wake up at 11 a.m. to play a football game, and then you got. Or do you're getting. Day. I'm
0: get, You're getting on the bus Friday to go to another town to play. Right. Right,
1: right. So like you gotta, you gotta give up those things, and uh, then you gotta understand that. Uh, you can't play football in college if you have like low grades. So then you gotta understand like you gotta do extra. You know you gotta you gotta put more of your time of where you wanna go to sleep to maybe study, or you gotta put more of your time to where you wanna go hang out with your friends to study because you only got a, a handful of uh, hours in a, in a day to where like you you can really be productive. So for you, you know you gotta put in the extra time because like the teachers don't they don't care like you know. You're you're a student in their eyes. Like I know, like you may be the Mr. Hot Shot around the campus because you play ball, but at the end of the day, you got to go through school because that's the number one priority. You're a student. You're a student before you're an athlete, so that's why they call it student athlete. And I and then like so, you just got to like train your mind on that and just be disciplined with that. And uh, you know, it just takes a lot in football, you know. And, and for the guys that you know made it to the league, uh, you know, or you know made it this far, uh, they was very disciplined uh, throughout their college and their high school careers. And that's where they are to uh, where they at today, and that's why I am where I am is because of the discipline that I had and the work ethic that I put in. You know, the times of just working out when people are not looking, or the times where you're just doing extra reps when you know uh, you're on the practice field, and uh, or the time you're just in that weight room, you know, just trying to get stronger, trying to get faster, continuously putting wear and tear things on your body, but you're sacrificing all of that because you want to be great and putting the time and the work. So uh, it's definitely work ethic that makes football players who they are, but at the same time, some of it comes with the God-given talent. So uh, that's that's pretty much uh, how it is of being a football player and still like having that livelihood. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's the the idea of developing this discipline first, because I think a lot of people are saying, well, yeah, of course you're disciplined. You're an NFL football player, or whether it be, you know, of course you're disciplined. You play for Bruno Mars or whatever, and you have, a but it's like, you got to develop the discipline and you got to develop, develop all those skills before you get to that point. And then once you get that gig or once you land in the NFL, that's when the real work begins and you got to continue that discipline. And I think it's hard to see you know, I think it's easy for people to say, you know, I'll, I'll get disciplined when I'm more successful or I'll get right. disciplined when, you know, I'll start thinking like that successful person once I start to reach that success. And it's like, well, you got to do the, you got to do the discipline part part first to right. get there.
1: You definitely have to do the discipline part first, you know, uh, you got to do the things behind closed doors that no one sees you doing because a lot of the times, that's just like on, on Sundays. Like a lot of people say, Oh, man, football is great, man. I love to be a football player. I love to do this. I love to do that. Y'all seem like y'all have the most live lifestyle. Y'all, y'all feel like y'all can just do whatever throughout the week and this and that. And everybody just see the game on Sunday, but they don't see the work that you put in on Monday through Saturday. And, uh, and that's the thing, like, you can't just say, like, all right, well, when I become successful, then that's when the hard work comes in. Now, the hard work comes in before, and when, when you're working up to be successful, and then the hard work still continues. So, like, I have a friend, and he's a drummer, and uh, so, like, he posts his Instagram post of him just, like, like going through conditioning of doing different uh drum segments or, you know, different movements with the stick. And uh, uh you just show him just going... And, you know, maybe he hit the hi-hack a hundred times, or maybe he would just roll off the snare a hundred times, or, you know, maybe he would just do rolls, and he just continually doing it, doing it fast and fast, nonstop, to where, like, he's feeling the burn, and that his arms are used to doing all the combinations and things like that. And people just see him, maybe, at a concert, like, man, I know he's just working hard, like, during that time period when he's successful but it's like nah like he's been putting in the work and putting in the burn and putting in all the grind of just trying to like come up with those combinations and coming up with those uh, certain sounds to where now when he gets into concerts it's, it's easy so like it's always that discipline it's always the hard work that people put it in but sometimes you know from the outside looking in you may not look at it and say like, all right well that's the uh that's the key factor of why he is where he is today
0: i agree 100 there's a uh there's a book called steal like an artist and there are I don't know if it's I don't know if it's still like an artist or if it's um, show your work. It's one of those. It's by a guy named Austin Cleon, But he says uh, that people always want to be the noun, but they don't want to be the verb. So like they want to be a football player, but they don't want to be a football player. They don't want to do the work that's required to be a football player. Everybody wants to be you know, a famous musician but they don't actually want to be the musician who's in there, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day practicing when they're trying to play a figure and they can't get it and they can't get it and they kept, can't get it, but they keep pressing and keep doing it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting way of looking at things of saying, you know, I want to, I want to do this thing. I want to be this thing, but I don't want to actually do that thing. You know, it's, it's, it's all that hard work. The, um, i wanted oh, i had one other because i want to be cognizant of your time i know you have to get going um oh i wanted to ask about uh, when you run into roadblocks or if you get frustrated or if you're feeling like you're less motivated or you don't have you know your your discipline is kind of fallen by the wayside or whatever. how do you deal with that kind of stuff and how do you deal with because i it's just i don't think there's much difference from a mental standpoint of like you know running through plays and running through drills and trying to get something right versus running through tunes or trying to learn a pattern on the drums or i think they they're kind of the same thing mentally how do you get through those roadblocks
1: yeah so uh i think it's all the same uh mentally you know uh whether you're studying for a playbook or you're, you're trying to read music or you're trying to like get a certain sound and you know when you're when you're practicing and like say things don't work uh uh, the way you want it to work or the play don't go the way you want it to play. That's the same as when you tune it uh, into a song and you're trying to find that, that right melody, but you just can't find the, 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 the right key to it, you know, and uh, it's, it's, sometimes it can be uh, frustrating, but That's when you fall back on uh, your why and find out why is the reason, like what's the reason why you're doing something and what's the reason why it's motivating you. So for me in football, I find out my why. And my why is because I want to be the best. If I start something and I'm doing something currently, I want to be the best at it. And when I say, uh, well, what's your why? Also, my why is, you know, I'm doing this for my family because of the things and the security that I have for my family. And then another thing for my why is that. I'm doing it because, you know, I'm a competitor at that. And I, I just don't want somebody to outwork me. And that's just how I was my whole life. So then when you come to uh, uh, making music or uh, playing the drums, it's like, why are you doing it? Because, like I said, when I was seven years old, I like that, you know, me playing the drums, and that's kind of a controlling instrument. You see the movement of the church. You see the movement of people and how, you know, uh, music touches people and things of that matter. So, like, that's my why, because I just love the way but uh, the stick hit the snare, you know. I love the way the sound of the hi hat I love the way of the double foot of the of the uh the drum. So um you just really stick to, you know, the reasons or why you do things and once you do that, you have the extra motor and the extra drive to uh continue to do so and continue to get over that roadblock.
0: So what drives you now? The ring?
1: Yeah, the ring, you know, uh it's it's like, you know, I'm at I'm at uh, the ceiling of, of football, you know, uh there's no more after the NFL, you know. When you're in Little League, you're looking towards high school. When you're in high school, you're looking towards college. Then when you're in college, you're looking towards NFL. So now after the NFL, I mean, you got the Hall of Fame, but there's nothing else that you can do as far as going to another level of football. So for me, the ultimate goal would be the Super Bowl because that's something that everyone is is chasing. That's the ultimate prize that any football player can say they had. You know, it's higher than a state championship game. It's higher than, uh, you know, a national championship game in college football. And, you know, the Super Bowl is that end goal for everyone uh, that plays football. So for me, that's my why. I, w- I want to go out on the field with the 53 men on this roster and then play for one goal, and then we can, you know, be at the top. And at the top, we can say that we did it, and we're the champions of everyone in football. And uh, that's that's really my goal, and, and that's really my why. And also my family, man. Uh, you know, football has blessed me in so many ways uh, that, you know, I was able to help out my family. Uh, financially, I was able to help out my family with – you know, certain opportunities uh, just from the connections that I have with the NFL, and you know, just just being able to say, man, I'm amongst you know millions of players to play in this game, and I and I worked up to the highest level. You know, that's just something that I, I just really take pride into, and you know, uh, another part of my my life and my story. My my dad died when I was 17 years old, and just to see the things that I have uh, accomplished and I went through, and the things that he taught me and instilled in me, and for me to be able to say that. I live my dream that I said I was going to have at seven years old. That's my ultimate why is that I stuck to something that I said uh, since I was uh, little and fell in love with it. And I've got to the ultimate ending of, you know, what I possibly could do with football. I can say that that's my why because I've driven myself to exceed all my goals.
0: That's powerful, man. That is some powerful stuff. So you got uh, so you got the Bengals this Sunday, right? Yeah. All right. I'm going to be I'm going to be watching. I'm going I'm, to I'm, I'll be rooting for you. And I hope you get that ring uh, that you're after, man. I hope you get multiple rings that that you're after. And uh, I wish you all the luck in your career. I really appreciate you talking about drums, talking about football, talking about life lessons. Uh, one last question before I let you go. If you have if if there's someone listening out there who's trying to go get that goal who's trying to either get to the NFL, they're trying to get the you know, the gig with sting, whatever it is. Uh what's your what's your lasting piece of advice or something that you've learned along the way to be true?
1: So my 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 last words, you know, to encourage those who, you know, have a goal and you know is on that road to reach it, I say whatever you put your mind to and whatever you, you know, believe that you're capable of doing, don't stop until you get to it. Uh I always say that, you know, everything happens for a reason. So you know, it's always a, a reason for things that you, that that you do. So if you want to be a drummer, then keep keep playing to somebody hear your music. Keep playing to somebody see that you can do a combination that uh, can nobody else do. So if you want to be a football player, like keep grinding and keep keep playing till you're physically not capable enough to play the game. And that's that's with like age or something like that, or that's with like you know if you're just not eligible enough to play the game. But like if you love it, keep doing it. Uh, don't let nobody take your joy from anything that you do. And if you just, like I said, you put your mind uh, to do something and just do it regardless of the circumstances. And sometimes it take you longer to do something than somebody else. But don't pay no attention to that. Just pay attention to being the best person and the uh, uh, talent that you can be. And then everything else will uh, work out for itself.
0: I love it. That comparison game will kill you, man, if you try to do that. That'll kill you. Yes,
1: sir. You, you know.
0: Christian, thank you again, man. I really do appreciate it. Good luck this Sunday and uh, good luck in the rest of the season.
1: All right. Appreciate it, man.
0: And that is a wrap, my friends. The one and only Christian Kirksey. A side note, this was recorded with really crappy technology. I was on a little microphone earbud kind of thing. He was on, it, on that as well. And Justin did some amazing work to make this sound good. So props to him again. I've been on the road for a while, and i'm I'll be back. so uh, so the the sound quality will get back to to what you're used to. And I apologize that uh, that it sounds so bad. So I appreciate you guys sticking with me on that. and a huge shout out to Justin for working his magic to make it sound as good as possible when I'm giving him really hard, really horrible audio to deal with. So I appreciate that for the links and everything that we talked about. You can check out the show notes by going to drummersresource.com forward slash session three one one until the next podcast. Keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.